Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, with another exciting episode of the Asheville Food Fans Podcast, which is also broadcast on the radio by WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains. And I have two segments for you today on the Food Fans Podcast, and they are one with my longtime host and the world's greatest eater, Rick Krillia. He and I just do the wing thing real quick, and then a little bit of what you eat. And then I talked to my good friend, Michael Molinari, who usually does the food news with me. But Micah took a tri trip to Winston-Salem recently. So we just talk about his food experiences there. And we also talk about the world's greatest brownie, which can be found right here in Asheville. So stay tuned for those things and have a great food week. You know, I love it when you guys Tell me what you ate over the week. So seek me out on social media and tell me what you ate. I love to hear it. All right. I'll talk to you at the end of the show. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, a food fan, back with a segment with my friend, Rick Krillian, the world's greatest eater. Rick, how are you doing tonight? Today? Doing great, well, Stu. Good morning. Time? Good morning. What time is it in Candler? <laughs> it's 9.01. 901. It's, it's that time here in Asheville, too. That's so weird. It is weird. Um, well, thanks for joining me so early, Rick. And um, we're just going to keep it pretty basic this time. We're going to do the wing thing, and then we're going to do what did you eat. You ready for that? Awesome. I am. Okay. Well, Rick, uh, since you – well, let me just ask. Did you have wings this week? I did not. I didn't think so. And the reason I have this premonition is because you told me earlier. <laughs> now, Rick, it's a good thing that this is not Squid Games because he had one assignment, get wins, and you failed. I failed. We know what happens to people who fail on Squid Games. We Squid do. Game. But you, you said you didn't know what that was. You were like, is Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. So. Do you have to eat Squid? No, there's no, as far as I can tell, there's not any squid involved in Squid Game. But it's on Netflix, and I don't want to do any spoilers, but Don and I are watching it right now. We've got two more episodes to go. So don't anybody give me any spoilers either. Yeah, boy, you've had a rough week with spoilers. Oh, my God. I posted, I <laughs> posted on Facebook, we're watching Squid Games, and people were like, at the end, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I took that post down put up another post that said I had to remove my Squid Games post because y'all were giving me spoilers. And somebody put a spoiler-esque thing in there. You know, they weren't like super spoilery, like this person dies in the end, but they were like, one of them was, it goes off the rails at the end. And I was like, don't, don't even. Did, did they say Rick doesn't eat wings this week? Yeah, they did. And he was eliminated. <laughs> Player number 002 was eliminated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah but it's it's quite a good show in my opinion i do like uh dystopian futuristic type although it's takes place in contemporary times it's quite futuristic in a lot of ways anyways it's a good thing that the wing thing isn't a squid game is my all favorite. right because rick you'd be dead Shh, no more spoilers all okay. right so <laughs> i did get wings good this week yeah me and my my friend micah and i went to uh i'm sorry no it's my friend patty and i I have, I have too many friends i'm gonna be eliminating some of them soon right so, <laughs> yeah the best behavior um my friend patty from Asheville food tours and i went to the new um 
Mac Daddies or Daddy Macs. I'm not sure. I always get it crisscrossed. I don't know which one it is. Okay. That's reference to 1990s pop yeah. crisscross, one of whom was named. Applesauce. <laughs> you remember those two little kids would wear their pants backwards yeah. and stuff? Yeah. And one of them was named Mac Daddy, I believe, um, even though they were like three years old. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I went there with Patty and I got some wings and Rick, according to all of my standards, they were good wings. Uh, they were cooked well. They came right off the bone. They weren't overcooked. They were crispy on the outside, meaty enough. They were on the smallish side. I don't know that that necessarily means they were from a small, like a family run farm or not. And uh, I, I got the smoked wings. Now I, I did order their menu, I have to say, is a little bit confusing. I did order the smoked, smoky buffalo wings, right? It says right okay. there, smoky buffalo wings. And they're listed right underneath the smoked wings. And I pointed to the smoky buffalo wings and I said, I'll have the smoky buffalo wings. The server heard, I'll have the smoked wings. And so they showed up and they were just plain. And I looked at Patty, I was like, do these look buffalo to you, man? And he was like, I don't know, maybe, I guess. Um, and, I <laughs> one, and I was like, these don't seem buffalo at all. Like if these are buffalo wings, they're the weakest buffalo wings I've ever had in my life. You know, my mind playing tricks on me, like trying oh, yeah. to convince myself that these straight up plain wings are somehow buffalo wings. And I, I was like, no, these are just like salt and pepper wings. And they were good, so I wasn't really complaining about the flavor. But when the server came back, I asked, are these the buffalo wings? And she was like, you ordered the smoky wings. And I, I just left it at that. I didn't yeah. argue with her. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes yeah. best to do that. Yeah, because yeah, like, if you argue, they're going to bring you a whole basket of what you wanted, probably. And then you're like stuck with a double order of wings, which, hey, there's worse things in the world. But, you know, I have limited space in my stomach. Yeah. And, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the wings, even though they weren't what I ordered, they were quite good. And I'll give the wings a nice solid three out of five, maybe a 3.5 out of five. All right. Yeah. So that's, Wait, that's the wing thing. 3.5? Really? 3.5. You know, I don't usually do fractions. <laughs> it's the only time I allow myself to do fractions is when I'm rating something, not when I'm judging something. Or okay. The judge wrangler, like, I'll not give this one a nine point seven. Just give it a ten. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that that was my wing thing experience this week, Rick. And um, so I live to play another episode of Wing Thing. I'm sorry that you and I are going to have to say goodbye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh crap! I'm trying to not say that anymore. Everybody, Rick just hung his head in shame for those that are listening on the radio but maybe we can talk the guards out of it well we have some plans to remedy that situation yeah so. we're going to a place now that's you referring to the village porch sent me yes. such an enthusiastic invitation like oh my god this like stew like super humble we don't know if you'd ever come but please come and if you do it'd be such an honor stuff and so i had to respond and be like of course i'm gonna come i just have to wrestle up a, a ride and i immediately thought of you rick because i thought this sounds like a stew and rick style adventure adventure and this is a, a way for me to have atonement for not eating wings that's right this is your punishment you have to give me a ride you're not allowed to eat any wings you just <laughs> <have to walk laughs> oh wait a minute <laughs> 
Yeah. The village porch is up there in Reynolds Village. Have you ever been to Reynolds Village? I've driven by it. Um, it's in Woodfin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid that I've driven by it is probably the most frequent answer to have you ever been to Reynolds Village. It's a strange thing. It, you, it's, you'll see when we get there. Well, it's, it's like a gated community or something, right? It's like a... Yeah. yeah. There's no gate. But There's no gate, but it's a... Retail yeah. and restaurants. and yeah. It's kind of like a little tiny version of Biltmore Village, which is the same. Oh, retail okay. and restaurants on the first right. level and then offices and apartments and stuff on the other levels and so there's been a lot of businesses that have tried to make it out there but have not made it and in fact the village porch has taken over a space that was occupied by a brewery and you know that the brewer that the brewery i think was just like we got other locations let's just pull out of here okay. but reynolds village is kind of i used to call it potemkin village because it looks a little bit like it was made to impress visiting dignitaries but there's no like nothing in right yeah (laughs) Um, but um i it's it's actually kind of cool up there i don't mean to deride it it's just a little i people need to go visit it in order for it to be popular so i would love for people to go take a look at reynolds village and of course you and i will report back on our village we will adventures all right rick well I'm, since I did most of the talking in the wing thing, I'm going to turn it over to you and we're going to go right into what'd you eat. And we, you and I did talk last week, so you got a week's worth of eating in between. And Rick, what'd you eat this week? Uh, from uh, restaurants, let's see, I did uh, my usual, very, very Candler-centric as usual and kickback-centric. I, uh, I had some Sandhill Kitchen. That was amazing, as always. Yeah. Um, that was, I can't remember what, I can't remember exactly right now what I had that day, but, um, uh, oh, I got, man. we have friend visiting, like I got her a big salad. Oh, and, um, yeah, uh, I'm totally, I'm totally spacing now. That's okay, Rick. It's I can't remember. Morning. Yes, it is. It is early. Just suffice uh, to say, Rick went to Sandhill Kitchen. And yes. Something delicious because it's all. Delicious. Yes. Oh, and and part of that was I was actually interviewed while at Sand Hill Kitchen. La-di-da, look at that. Yeah. Uh, um, a writer for Our State Magazine was doing an article on Sand Hill Kitchen, and uh, I was there to, and picked up some stuff. And Jamie had me talk to her about being a, a local fan. So. Yeah, like her biggest. It's like. Yeah. The, you were the ringer in the audience <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so sandhill kitchen and then um see friday i i ordered uh i got takeout pizza from galactic and that's when i almost ordered wings because oh. they have really good wings uh-huh. and i wasn't feeling it i was like i got a big pizza i was like is that enough food yeah enough food so yeah. so i did that and then um i had an amazing meal on um it's either Saturday or Sunday night. Whenever my power went out, I think it was Sunday. Um, uh, or no, it was Saturday. I went to uh, Griff's Kitchen and Bar in Candler as well and had a nice sample of his new fall menu, Chef Ian. That was wonderful. And um, and yeah, and then last night I made a heck of a, uh, I'm going to call it a curry chicken stir fry. So pan Asian. Nice. Yeah, and it turned out really great. I did a yogurt marinade on the on the chicken. Um, 
and then stir fried that and then stir fried some veggies and had some rice. It was wonderful. So that sounds fantastic, man. Did you use um spice wall of spices or anything exciting like that? Or you just throw together your own curries? Uh the the marinade was just uh yogurt, uh, a big heaping tablespoon of garam masala spice. Um and uh and then I did a red onion and garlic puree mixed in with the marinade. So it was quite tasty and it was a quick marinade, only 30 minutes, and it really gave a nice depth to the chicken. So really wonderful. Yeah, man. That sounds delicious. And then and, and used a tikka masala uh, finish sauce. So Wow, that sounds awesome. I was, whenever I try to make curry at home, it's a giant fail. It's like uh, I'm just gonna go into the restaurant. <laughs> you know. I, I I'll have to uh share with you the the brand of sauce that i use because it's store-bought but it's very good so i used to actually get these frozen um dinners that were i think they were called tandoori kitchen or tandoori chef or something oh yeah 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 i've seen those they're They're pretty good really good man they taste a lot like restaurant like average type restaurant indian restaurant food um, ain't no chaipani or anything like that, but it's pretty no. decent for a frozen meal. I think they're called Tandoori Kitchen. I'm not sure. I think I think they are. I know what you're talking about. So, yeah. but yeah. So, so Les Les gave me a nice compliment last night. She's like, "I love this better than anything at Mela," and I was like, "Damn, Rick! All right, folks. Well, I'll be booking a reservation at your house soon." <laughs> <laughs> um, and is that everywhere you ate this week, Rick, and everything you cooked? Pretty much, yeah. Note? It was yeah. all it was all cooked. Otherwise, nothing yeah. really noteworthy. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. You're you're out there in Candler. You're doing the Candler thing. You got your two main staples. Your pillars of the Candler food scene right now are Sandhill Kitchen, Griff's Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't hit Docs at all this week, so. Docs is not actually in Candler, or it is, or is it right on the board? Well, all three are in Candler, technically, Candler. but but Docs is right on Smoky Park Highway, so kind of like in the heart of Candler, if Candler had a heart. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Candler has a heart. It's got a heart. It just doesn't have an epicenter. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it it's kind of kind of spread around, but uh, heart, but no, I've been eating a lot of barbecue and. You know, this weekend, I'm on a team at Knuckles Deep Barbecue Competition in the Rad, being uh, sponsored by The Wedge and um, some folks affiliated with them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, is that open to the public? Something that everybody can... It is. It's open to the public. Uh, I think the public uh, consumption and judging, people's choice and all that will be Sunday afternoon, like starting at noon. Okay. So... Yeah, it's uh, free the free the public. Uh, there's gonna be lots of swag. Uh, I'm doing uh, the. We have like six categories. Our team has to provide food for, wow. and I am <clears throat> I am doing the uh, uh, freestyle category, and I'm actually doing something non-traditional. I'm doing um, uh, tri-tip roasts, smoked and then reverse seared, and then I'm gonna do a savory one and I'm gonna do a spicy one. Nice, Rick. And I don't know anything about this competition. What are what's it all about? Is it for charity or uh, I believe it is associated with a charity. I don't I don't remember the exact one offhand. It may be kind of a global just you know helping the community charity sort of thing. Okay. But uh it's it's I wanna say they've done it for several years now and this they're anticipating their biggest turnout yet. 
because sure. mainly because of the pan they didn't have it last year because of the pandemic but now everybody's out and about i think i think we're gonna have a lot of folks so yeah that seems to be the way it's going like everybody was so starved for yeah so yeah. knuckles deep barbecue competition google it you'll find the website okay and it's happening saturday and sunday but it's open to the public on sunday the, co the cooks start saturday evening like the, my team that are doing brisket and stuff they're going to be up all night doing that so that makes sense okay yeah. Well, pretty exciting. I'll try to make it down on Sunday. I, thus All far, right. I have no plans for this. We are the, our team name is the Ham Hawks. The Ham Hawks. Okay. Well, <laughs> no matter how good or bad anybody else's barbecue is, Rick, you're, I'm going to check right next to your name. Uh, awesome. Ham Thank Hawks. You. All right. So people go check that out at the Rad. Rick and his team, the Ham Hawks, competing against how many other teams? Do you know? I think there's around a dozen. A dozen teams cooking in six different categories. So holy moly, a lot of stuff. Lots of food. Lots yeah, of food. Lot of stuff. Uh, ticket price on that? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Well, we can all look it up. I'll Google it after we yeah. recording, and I'll find. I, I think it might even be free. I think it, okay. you know, like a donation kind of thing. But free to get in and maybe pay yeah. for the barbecue once you're in there, type of deal. All right. Um, all right. Well, Rick, that was great. You ate a two of your classics. We're going to pull you out of Candler next week and get you to some other yep. restaurants and stuff. Um, but uh, I, I also ate at some of my favorite places, so a little bit of repetition, but also a new place for me, not new to the people of Asheville. So I'll start with that one. I went to Ziggy's Deli. Now, a lot of people might already know that I went to Ziggy's Deli because I posted about it on Facebook. And the post got a lot of reach. Like these days, Facebook is pretty stingy with the reach, but this one got quite a bit. And uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. Ziggy's Deli, Ziggy's Bakery in Deli, out there on, uh, I think it's on Hendersonville Road. Once again, I never pay attention to where I'm going. And uh, I went, this time I went with my friend Micah, and I got the Philly cheese steak, and it was banging. Rick, it was like maybe the best Philly I've had in town ever. And I've had some really good ones. And people will be like, you know, that's a cheesesteak, not a Philly, about just about any picture you post of a Philly. And so I'm, I'm not, I don't often call them Phillies. I call them cheesesteaks usually because I just don't want right. to. I just don't need that aggravation in my life of 500 people. <laughs> not a Philly. Um, but this one, I would fight anybody who says it's not a Philly because it's on the Amarosa bread that they, they actually import to make the subs there. It's, oh, wow. it's got the chopped steak, of course, and it's got onions, no peppers, because that's not in a traditional Philly. That's added to a cheesesteak. And um, then there's, uh, you can get it with Cheese Whiz, American cheese, or provolone. And I prefer American cheese, but it's so hard to find cheese whiz on, a, on a, anything around here that in a restaurant that I decided to go for with cheese whiz. Sometimes people say wit whiz, um, which means with cheese whiz, but then people will also say whiz wit, which means cheese whiz with peppers added. Um, now, a million people going to comment saying that's all wrong, I'm sure, and that I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, all I know is what no, I, I've heard about the cheese whiz thing. Like I had a I had a, uh, uh, a I have a friend who grew up near Philly, went to college around there, and she's always about the cheese whiz on the Phillies on the Philly cheese. It depends on your neighborhood and where you had your first Philly, from what I understand. 
I've never been to Philadelphia. So, but uh, this one had cheese whiz on it and it was de freaking delicious. I loved it. Now, later on, did I find out, and I guess I should have known this, that cheese whiz is a craft foods product and I don't eat craft foods products um, because of this <laughs> massive lawsuit I had to deal with where they sued right. over a made up name I was using, a name I can't even say on the radio now, Rick. Wow. Uh, that's the terms of the suit. And, Gangster. Uh, yeah, screw them. So I'll never eat their products. And that's part of why I can't ever have a cheeseburger at H&F. They use Kraft singles. Yep. And now I, have, <laughs> I can never have a true Philly with cheese whiz. I'll have to go back to my American slice and hope that they're not using Kraft. There singles. are alternative cheese whiz brands, I believe, but I don't, I don't know. What's the point? It's, 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 you know, it's cheese food products, which is something I try to avoid. Yeah, it's not like it's good or anything. It's yeah. just kind of fun. And yeah. it does have a really nice flavor. You know, I'll give it up to that. There's a lot of craft products that have good flavors, but I still don't eat them, Rick. Um, so it was a super excellent experience up at Ziggy's. I also got, they, I, I went intending to get the Philly. And then when I got, when, before I went, they posted a picture of their meatball sub online. And I was like, looks like I'm getting that too. And, uh, <laughs> and boy, howdy, that was so good. I know like a meatball sub isn't going to get the juice that a really good Philly will get online and stuff like that. But uh, this was like, I grew up around great Italian uh, pizza places, like run by Italians, also run by Greek people and run by... Portuguese people, a lot of Portuguese people in uh, Massachusetts, and um, so I, ate, I grew up eating great pizza, great subs, and this one really brought back a lot of memories and had pretty nice nostalgia factor for me based on the flavors, and cannot recommend this meatball sub enough. It was delicious. I'm craving it right now. I, I can't wait for, I hope, 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 hope that they will sign up with Kickback so that I can start to eat their food more often. Nice. Um, and where are they located again? Oh, Rick, you're always asking me questions. I Just struggle. rough. Are they downtown? Are they? No, they're out of town. They're like a 10. Oh, Hendersonville Road, you said. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're in, they're in the same plaza as Wild Ginger, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, which then asked me where Wild Ginger is, and I'll be like, it's in the same plaza as... <laughs> Ziggy's. Yeah, I literally just watched the trees go by. I, I, I'm trying to make an effort to pay attention to where people are taking me now that I'm doing more of this adventure dining, right? I know that people are going to be like, Stu, where's the village porch? And I'll be like, it's Ask Rick. Yeah, um, there we go. Yeah. So, man, you, you must be one of those people that's all about the self driving cars. Oh, I can't wait. That's the only car I've <laughs> And you get in and you start checking your email on your phone and, and you, oh and then you go, Oh, sorry, car, take me to the restaurant. And then the restaurant says, Yes, sir. And off you go to the resty. Um, yeah, one day when I'm super old, I'm gonna have like a self-drive. One of those little tiny ones. It's just like yeah. person. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, hopefully they'll be like taxis and they'll just come to you when you call them by kickback. Oh, that would be great. Like I wouldn't even have to own one. I'd just be like, send the self-driver. That would be great. All right, Rick, I'll try to make that happen. The future is now. Yes, Automatic it is. cars and stuff. Pretty soon. Maybe I'll just wait for a hover car. Automatic self-driving Meet George Jetson. Yes, exactly. Until then, I shall not drive. Um, Rick, I also went to Sovereign Remedies. 
and I've been there a couple of times in the last few weeks. And I don't know if I talked about it last week, Don and I doing our snack and saunter where we went to three different restaurants. We do this thing downtown called a snack and saunter where we stop at three different places. Don will have a low alcohol beverage or a glass of wine at each place and we'll share a small plate or two. And we did it last week with a friend. It's a super fun way to, to go to, to do downtown. It's a great way for yeah. locals to do downtown, especially on an off night, mm. like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Downtown's not very busy. So I recommend the locals go down there and do this snack and saunter thing. And we met at Sovereign Remedies. And I want to really emphasize for the people listening that Sovereign Remedies right now has an awesome little menu. It's not very long. It's like just a short little menu, but it's full of great food, both veg forward food, which they kind of specialize in, as well as a lot of meaty dishes, including, I think, a pork belly and a burger. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and we got two dishes that were just phenomenal. Like one of them was a Caesar salad and, you know, maybe the word phenomenal is a little bit of an exaggeration for any salad, but it was a great Caesar salad made with freezy and a little bit of radicchio. So it had some chew and some crunch and some bitterness to it. And it had white anchovies. You can get it with or without white anchovies are really good mm -hmm. as opposed to the like ones that are the color of a plastic army man um and uh they, and so this caesar salad i recommend very highly but then the big recommend and i'm serious like this is a seasonal item so get on it like i i want everybody to go try this because it was so good it was their spaghetti squash wedge and the word wedge frightened us a little bit we were like is it gonna are we gonna have to take this thing apart when it shows up or like what's the deal with the wedge aspect but that just meant it was cooked as a solid chunk but it was cooked to the point where it just fell apart as soon as you oh it. yeah and it had a delicious sauce that it came with and all kinds of nuts crumbled up on it and i'm telling you it was one of the best dishes i've had all all 2021 wow and just a little side dish, you know, we split it three ways and it was just like ding, 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 cut it into three chunks and ate it up. And it was, it was awesome. Can't recommend it highly enough. And also Sovereign Remedy has been making a lot of nice mocktails lately. And I had a nice mocktail. So people who don't want to drink alcohol, but you want to experience something a little different than a soda or a glass of water can uh, enjoy a really nice mocktail at Sovereign Remedies. And then from there, we actually walked over to Session Cafe to do the same thing, like cocktail, bite to eat. But they were closed for a special event. So then Don just had an urge to go to Manicomio. And so not usually one of our snack and saunter stops, but we had a slice of pizza and she had a glass of wine. And the pizza at Manicomio was still great. I almost dropped an F-bomb right there. I'm trying not to <laughs> swear at all, but it's still great. Like it was just so satisfying. We just nice. sat there and ate a slice of pizza and chit chat a little bit. It was great. So I still very highly recommend Manicomio pizza. Why do I use the word still? And uh, that's because no secret that the, one of the owners, Mike uh, Napolitano retired and sold to his partner, John and John's great guy. And we wish him well, but I was a little concerned. Oh, what's the place going to be like without Mike? seems to be just as good as ever. So good, good. don't lose any faith in Manicomio just because Mike's not there. Um, and then for our third stop, we went to Ukiah, Japanese smokehouse. 
And Rick, the food there is just continues to be exemplary. And yeah. just like strong finish, super strong finish. And it, it leaves us kind of close to walking home as well. Um, and then, uh, oh, what, what I was going to say is that the, I had a dish at Ukiah that similarly to the spaghetti squash is what I'm going to guess a very seasonal dish and highly, highly delicious, like wow factor to their uh, smoked pumpkin skewers. And Rick, they were just so tasty. They had some miso sauce that they came with and mm. they were, oh my God, like I couldn't get a good picture because we were sitting outside and it was dark. But um, I want to go back just to get this dish before it comes off the menu because, you know, it's pumpkin. So it's going to come off eventually nice. and, uh, and take good pictures of it. But I cannot recommend this dish highly enough, just like the spaghetti squash. Like I just, I kind of want to do like a squash tour of downtown Asheville. And <laughs> squash <it>. games. <laughs> there you go. We'll see who <laughs> survives the squash game. Um, but yeah, so spaghetti squash at Sovereign, the pumpkin skewers at Ukiah. And I'm just sure everybody's got some squash on their menu right now. In fact, my next thing on where I ate was I got delivery from Kickback as well. And I got it from Storm Rumbar which is mm. not a cheap delivery, you know, it's kind of, it's pretty expensive to get food from storm delivered, but I, I wanted to get it. I'm just, you know, put on my big boy pants or whatever you want to say and did it. And boy, am I glad I did. It lasted me three meals for one thing. Um, it showed up and I was like, huh, it looks small, but that's just because it was in big boxes. I really do uh, recommend that restaurants use boxes that are, the same size as the food they send out or else your customers are going to be like, that looks small, even if it's not, because that's how I experienced it. Oh yeah. I, that's a good point. Yeah. I got it on the plate. I always plate my food when I get to, or not always, but when I'm having nice food, I'll plate my food before I eat it when I have delivery. And once it was on the plate, I was like, no more room on my plate, still a bunch of food in my boxes. Now I see this plenty of food. And I got the, I got another radicchio, heavy salad so a bitter salad but this one had some squash in it like cut into slices and roasted i think and a lot mm -hmm. of sweetness was brought out of the squash and it went really really well with the radicchio mm -hmm. so i recommend nice. that salad you'll notice ever since i got my cholesterol report i'm, re I'm reviewing more salads and that's because yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm like oh what do i want for my side oh fried okra uh no french fry wait no can't have anything fried oh get a salad and i, I am finding that salads can be very enjoyable oh and, i love a good salad so. yeah that's the the key word being good <clears throat> A boring salad is just whatever. I feel like it's like taking your vitamin pills in the morning or something. <laughs> Gotta get this salad in me because it's green. Um, but then like for my main dish from Storm, I got their braised brisket. And I thought of you, Rick, because you and I often talk about the crust on mm -hmm. a brisket and how sometimes brisket can be dry. You know, crust being good, dry being bad. Although I have come to appreciate dry brisket to some degree, because there's so much of it around here. Um, but this was braised, and so there was no crust at all. It was just all okay. melt. Like, you just cut through it with a fork, put it in your mouth, and it melts. And, mm. dude, it was so, so good. It had, like, a, 
a turmeric based sauce that it was in. Okay. So a really slight curry flavor. Like mm -hmm. at first Don and I were like, is this a curry? Like we couldn't even really tell right away that it was curry. And eventually I was like, based on the color and the flavor, I was like, I think it's turmeric. And then I looked on the menu and sure enough, it was listed right there. there and it came with braised greens and um, fried pinto beans. And so, Ooh. yeah. Now on the menu, it said fried garbanzo beans. And so I'm gonna guess they ran out of garbanzo beans and subbed out some pinto beans. Now for me, for me that's great. I do like garbanzo beans, but they're pretty low on my list of, of beans that I'm interested in eating. Um, but pinto beans, I do like. So boom, that was a plus for me. And, uh, and then the greens were just cooked perfectly, like very soft and velvety without being total mush. Nice. So a really excellent delivery experience from a pretty high-end, high-priced restaurant. So I want to encourage people that are mostly eating at home and doing delivery still for pandemic reasons or whatever reason to not be afraid to every once in a while spend those big dollars take take a chance you know sometimes you'll you will get something that's not as good as you had hoped it would be you know that's just life but uh, i've ordered some pretty expensive meals from some pretty nice restaurants around town and they have been excellent even though it's delivery so i would recommend that people try storm and try to get that pork uh that brisket while it's on the menu again the store menu changes very frequently all right the only other food i ate was from food tour i've been doing wednesday night food tours and we go into a lot of the restaurants that you and i have already mentioned and so let me just say last week at storm they gave us their smoked turkey and apple mac and cheese and it was Ooh. really really good like mm. kind of a little kid dish in a way but so delicious and it, i think it had cheese their mac and cheese game is so strong at storm totally they got a, every time the new menu comes out they they have a new version of their mac and cheese so like yeah. i don't know we haven't had a mac and cheese challenge in this town in a couple of years but maybe we should uh, try to and have a contest there you go i was just reminiscing about some of the contests with luis luis and i are working on a taco competition with shea brown so everybody can look forward to that uh, want to have like a dozen taco vendors and just people's choice only no judges panel on this one and uh, my concept is to have a tally board so that when people vote we actually mark it on the board so people can watch the real time yeah race in real time so I think that'll be fun I was reminiscing with Luis that for a year I did uh, several food competitions inside the offices of Dig Local downtown and there was no oh no public participation at all. It was just a panel of judges. And at the time we worked with Takeout Central, it was before they got bought out by a, a larger company. And so we would just, I'd set it up with the restaurants and they would have like six portions delivered to the um, big local offices. And then I would portion them out for the judges and stuff. And that was fun. And we did mac and cheese. And pretty sure that Foggy Mountain won the mac and cheese competition with oh. kitchen and a close second, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. So those were fun and they were a little easier than trying to organize a whole like tickets and audio. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Focus I, on the food. 
Yeah. yeah, I might do a couple. I might do some of those. I promised my girlfriend I would stop doing events because they stress me out so much. I actually asked her to kick me in the taint if I did another event. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can say that on the radio. But I think you can. I'm going to try. Um, so I might have to wear some protective undergarments because I'm working on some of them. You're going to need a codpiece. I am a metal one, one of those <coughs> Muay Thai cups. Um, <laughs> I also asked my friend Patty Riles to do the same. So oh. coming at me from every direction, Rick. Man. Yeah, Patty's a big boy too, so I won't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That'll register. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm working on, I'm already working on the Food Fan Awards show, the Taco Throwdown, and next July, the hot dog, uh, punk rock hot dogs will be back. So I don't know if, my, if the pitch of my voice goes up a little bit over the course <laughs> of the next year. No, no, I have suffered a series of blows. From my closest friends and loved ones. Um, tainted events. <laughs> tainted events. Oh man, Rick, you're going to the penalty box for that one. <laughs> oh, uh, All right, Rick. Well, so you and I are going to get together next. No, this, this, this Friday. This Friday, and we're going to go to the Village Porch. It's yeah. a sports bar. They, they excitedly told me about that slash warned me about that. They don't know how I personally feel about sports bars, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, too many TVs bum me out. But, um, you know, knowing that it's a sports bar, that's, we're going in with that in mind. And also knowing that other people love sports bars, I'm not going to go in and judge it on the <clears> fact <throat> that it's a sports bar. Yeah, you have to look at global appeal. Global appeal, right? I'm I'm here to report, and and you know I'm not here. I'm not these days. I'm not a person who goes in looking to get all. Oh God, I said a swear. Looking to poop all over the restaurants. I just go in, and you know, with an open mind. Yep. Rick, now I'm upset. Nice try. Nine thirty-eight, buddy. <laughs> Nine thirty-eight. All right. Well, that indicates that we should probably wrap it up because we're. 38 minutes into a 30 minute recording. Is that correct? I would think so. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's eight minutes over Rick, which is fine. I'll just, I'll just take time away from Micah. Don't tell him. <laughs> All right, man. All right, buddy. Joining me, Rick, and I'll see you soon when we go to the village porch. Yeah. And we'll have less to report. So until then wings up, wings up, brother. Bye. All right. See ya. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. And this morning on the morning show, I have my usual food news guru, Michael Molinari. And the reason Micah is here to join us is because he recently took a trip to Winston-Salem and I'm curious about what kind of food he encountered there. So, hey Micah, how you doing? You know, I'm doing good, Stu, but I'd much rather uh, join you for the late morning show or the early afternoon show or even the late afternoon or early evening show. But thank you for having me on the morning show. Well, we can call it whatever you want during your segment. <laughs> now, Micah, I gave you a choice, nine o'clock or 10 o'clock and you chose nine o'clock. So quit your fibbing. <sighs> Listen, buddy, I, 
everything before noon to me is like 4 a.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, I'm glad that you were able to get here. I see that you're drinking some uh, go-go. Yeah, I got some Joe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm good to go. Now, brother, you took a trip down to Winston-Salem. I've never been there. Yeah, so it's a it's a cool little city. Um, it's it's a city that I'd say is just a little bit bigger than Asheville. Okay. Um, very very cool vibes. It's a, it's a college town. Wake Forest is there, so you got kind of like those those college vibes. Really really cool. Um, I don't want to say uh, not. I wouldn't necessarily say gentrified areas of the city, but more like you know, it used to be a huge tobacco town. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, they've basically taken all of those uh, tobacco warehouses and turned them into lofts and, you know, cool shops and, and stuff like that. So there's really, really cool areas of Winston-Salem. One of the ones we went to, um, it's called, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but it's all over the place. It's, it's a little part of the city called Decatown or Decktown or Deca town or it's something like that whatever anyway uh when we uh when we're heading out there sonia is the just perennial like searcher of places to go eat so i usually leave that to her because she finds some awesome spots and one of the places that she found in winston-salem was actually called the black mountain chocolate factory what was it called <laughs> black mountain chocolate bar cafe i don't know anyway it was the black mountain chocolate something something, something. just everyone right now google black mountain chocolate in winston-salem and you'll see what i'm talking about yeah okay so i'm thinking okay black mountain chocolate i've never heard of black mountain chocolate i live near we all live near black mountain ish um and so we were just like, this must be a different Black Mountain. Like, this has got to be something else. This is, you know, this has got to be not related. And so we went in and it's just such a really cool spot. Um, kind of like modern country, a lot of wood in there. It's just really cool. I had a, I had a, a chocolate nib brownie. And let me tell you, it, it's, it's a little on the fudgy side. However, it was up there with one of the best brownies I've ever had. All right. And and if I have to put the best brownie I've ever had on a pedestal, mm-hmm. believe it or not, I will give it to the French Broad Chocolate Factory brownie. As opposed to the lounge? Is that why you no, emphasize the word so factory? The, right. Okay. So the reason I'm making that distinction is because I have not had the brownie at the lounge. And so I don't want to say that that was the one. Okay. I had the brownie at the factory, and it was like heaven in your mouth. Well, I have a story about that. First of all, I will say that the brownie at the lounge comes from the factory. So Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, and uh, it's their chocolate nibby brownie. So it's the same type of brownie you had at the Black Mountain place. Black Mountain chocolate. Yep. Yep. And um, I... Uh, you know who Chef John Fleer is? He yeah, is the, of course. Yeah. He's the owner of Rhubarb right. and Benny on Eagle and The Rue. And The Rue is a bakery. And right. The Rue has a brownie. And the okay. brownie is literally called the best brownie. 
Like that's what it says <laughs> on the little label, the best brownie. And I used to go into LaRue with my food tours all the time. And okay. one time I was in there and John just happened to be sitting in the corner doing some paperwork and I didn't bother him because, you know, I just wanted to do his thing. Um, and I'm doing the food tour and I'm telling everybody about John's brownie. And I, I accidentally called it the world's best brownie rather than just the best brownie. Okay. John Fleer speaks up from the corner. <clears throat> uh, Stu, I need to correct you on that. And I'm like, oh, everybody, it's John Fleer, the owner of the restaurant right here. And he's like, our brownie is just called the best brownie. But actually, the world's best brownie is at French Broad Chocolate Lounge. And it's their chocolate nibby brownie. Wow. And I just like was like, oh, my God. Folks, we just saw like a, a Yeti, a unicorn, <laughs> a chef just said somebody else's food was not only better than theirs, but the best. And I just thought that said a lot about John as a person. Yeah. It said a lot about both of the brownies because they're both really good. But yeah, so there you go. Your favorite brownie is also John Fleer's favorite brownie. And you're saying, well, this hold on. okay, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's not the only thing that John and I now have in common, because uh, when I first kind of came to town, this was years ago, um, I met John at Rhubarb when we were having dinner there. Just such a nice guy. Like nice. we were just chatting at the table. And I asked him what his favorite Italian restaurant was. And he told me, uh, or no, actually, you know what? That's not true. I asked him what, I asked him what his favorite restaurant was in Asheville. Okay. Big question. That is a huge question because I wanted to find out from a local chef, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? He told me Cucina 24. Yeah, that makes sense. Dude, I went to Cucina 24 with Sonia on his recommendation and we've been back, I can't tell you how many times that Cucina 24 is legit. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but yes. Oh, that's what this is all about, Mike, is to have conversations that lead to a point where chef john fleer is recommending cucina 24 like that's what i'm the kind of information i want this little segment to get out there to the public it's, it's gonna all squeeze out bro it's all gonna squeeze out and yes and french broad legit does have like for me the world's best brownie it's it's amazing anyway back to black mountain yeah in winston, in winston, in winston salem how'd they do that i don't know how they got the mountain to winston salem they did. It was ridiculous. They picked it up. They just moved it. Big trucks. Um, so, you know, we were, we we're having this brownie. My wife and my daughter had hot chocolate and just such a cool place. Everything was just phenomenal. I, I had a latte. And so we asked one of the people that are working there. We're like, listen, we live near Black Mountain. How did you guys get your name? And it was this crazy story. The owner did you know there was a chocolate factory in Black Mountain like 10 years ago? Had no clue. News yeah, okay. Neither did I. So there was a chocolate factory in Black Mountain. Uh, the owner bought the chocolate factory, wanted to get into the chocolate business, loved the chocolate business, you know, was a fan of French Broad, kind of wanted to do a local WNC chocolate business. And built it up and for some reason he lived in winston-salem at the time so okay. he was he was like coming back and forth like a couple of times a week to the factory to pump out this this awesome black mountain chocolate which again i didn't even know existed 
And so he, apparently he just came to a point where he wanted to and needed to simplify. He wanted to move the operation back to Winston-Salem where he could be closer to his you know, family and, and whatnot yeah. and not have to do so much traveling. So they uprooted the operation from Black Mountain, put it in Winston-Salem, which is their only, their location right now is a factory slash cafe. So it's cool. You could see the cocoa beans being grinded and like the whole thing, you know, yeah. kind of like a French product. Like yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And so he moved it back over to Winston-Salem, kept the name. And now the Black Mountain chocolate factory is in Winston-Salem. And that was just a really wild connection to home that came out of nowhere while we were over in Winston-Salem and everything was awesome. It's like when they find a boat in the middle of a jungle or something. <laughs> it was so <laughs> random. Uh, I, I'd say the, the only other uh, couple of things, uh, Foothills, uh, the actual like Foothills beer, not Foothills our, the Foothills we know. Butchery, yeah. Right. Um, so Foothill, Foothills Brewing uh, is based out of Winston-Salem. They have a restaurant there in one of their breweries. We stopped there, great fried pickles. Um, I had a uh, a melt like a two like a uh, a uh, a patty melt, but with a grilled chicken uh, breast instead of burger meat because I'm just okay. trying to cut down on the red meat. Sure. Um, and it was uh, it was delish. The fries were amazing. Overall, good experience. Okay. Good service, you know, a little little lacking, but. I, I'm going to put that up with restaurants are just getting hit left and right, obviously with shortages. So, but Michael, um, these days you should have pitched a fit. Like you should have started yelling and screaming I know. and throw your mask on the ground and start with that. Like, why do I even have to wear a mask? And uh, I pay you to be my server. I want service. Start pounding on the table. That's how people are getting it done these days, Micah. Yeah. Yeah, I usually do, but we were out of town and I just didn't want to draw attention to myself because I'm such a huge celebrity that I just thought it would be bad news. You know what bad I mean? Pictures in the press, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get the paparazzi involved. Yeah. Um, well, maskless Molinari pitches fit in brewery. Foothills Brewery, yeah, I know. Online. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I, of course, I'm kidding, and I'm referring to all of the myriad stories we hear in the food and beverage tribe about how atrocious, how totally atrocious a lot of customers are acting these days. Yeah. And it's wild to me because I go into restaurants and I'm just like so grateful, right? Like, I'm just like, oh my God, these people are here, they're working, they're cooking and serving me, like, oh my God. And nobody enjoys bad or even mediocre service. So I'm not saying that I'm all like, it was great, they ignored me. Um, I'm just saying like, I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to bad service. And in fact, you know, I won't say a word. <laughs> I just won't. I, I won't. It, it, it boils down to empathy and gratitude. And, you know, these people obviously weren't spanked when they were children and they're entitled and uh, <laughs> they're just they're just brats. Listen, there is a difference between like bad service in a way that you feel disrespected as a consumer. And then there's just 
like, okay, you could tell this place is having a rough go at it and they're doing their best. And so at some times, man, you just got to take a deep breath and just chill. Yeah. yeah. And to me, like bad, bad service, that's not like objectionably bad would be like, they didn't refill my water glass. They didn't come back to the table to ask how things were doing. Um, I couldn't get their attention, you know, things like that. Yeah. People sort of like, eh, that was pretty bad service, but I'm not going to have a fit over it. Like objectionably bad service to me is like, I don't know, like being completely ignored, even though they're looking right at you, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure what. And there's some restaurants out there where that's their shtick. True enough, where I grew up in Boston, I think it's called Durgan Park. Uh, part of the shtick is that the servers are brusque and, and rude. And also that you sit at big, long tables with strangers. And That's remember, awesome. Well, I, I remember as a kid, my parents took me there as a kid, and I was blown away by how much I hated it. Like, I was <laughs> like, the server was mean to I was like a little kid, and she was mean to me. And, I was, and then later on, like, everybody's like, oh, it's a shtick. And I was like, well, I'll never go back. I don't know. It was like, a uh, I'm talking about it in therapy these days. You know? Dude, you're so sensitive, buddy. Very, very sensitive. I can't help <laughs> it. I'm a cancer. My, my sign, not my personality. Yeah, I, I had but, cancer. That's the difference between you and I. <laughs> like, uh, my, my zodiac sign is the only deadly disease in the skies, I believe. I have one last recommendation for Winston-Salem. Hit me. So we had dinner at uh, this Biltmore-esque, a mini version of Biltmore. It's called Graylin Estate. In the, like, this place just came out of nowhere. It's, it's right outside of Winston-Salem. Um, and... It's just like a little castle that has a stable that's turned into kind of a hotel and you can actually stay in the main grounds. And we had dinner there. Their executive chef is, uh, is Caribbean actually. So it's funny because some of the dishes, it's like you're at this kind of like, pardon the term, white bread area. And there's like some rich ethnicity to the menu. So their plantains are amazing. <laughs> which is odd um, that we had a steak empanada appetizer with this amazing salsa and it was incredible. Awesome. And, uh, and I had this vegetarian gnocchi uh, for dinner and it was probably the best meal I had while I was in Winston-Salem. So check out Graylin Estate. It's, it's wild. You kind of feel like you're either in Tuscany or like the, the South of France it's wow. very transportive. I know it's wild. So yeah. this, but this is why you have me on the show. Yeah. Because these wild, I'm giving, wild stories. Bro, I'm giving you stuff that nobody's going to give you. All right. No one knows about Grayland Estate, except for that one person right now going, hey, I know about yeah, Grayland Estate. About that, like, uh, pompous fool. I do want to warn the listeners not to take a wrong turn and end up in the Great Gardens estate. It's a much different experience at Great Gardens. Is it? Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, I do not. The movie hopefully got that joke. It was, uh, it's, a, it's a documentary about these two women that live in a house called Great Gardens. They used to be wealthy and now they're just sort of land rich. And one of them dresses in drapes and stuff like that and they're hoarders. And it's a, it's a sad movie actually, but it's also kind of like, your eyes are just wide open the whole time. Like these people, like they used to be elites, socialites, you know, and stuff. And they, 
So that was my joke, Mike. I thought a sophisticated person like you would know of this movie. I don't know, man. See, that's that's where you're wrong. Stu. <laughs> well, I recommend that you watch it. I am not. I am not sophisticated. Although, I did stop at uh, a um, a. Uh, oh my God! Why why does that word escape me? What, what is a, a vineyard? Yes, thank you. Okay. We did stop at a vineyard. Okay. Um, Childress Vineyards. All right. He's apparently a race uh, a NASCAR driver. Okay. And we had we had lunch there, and the food was very good. End of recommendation. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, Micah recommends the food at the vineyard. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let I'll let everyone just kind of like uh, you know let that soak in and and take take it take take from it what they want. Where's your favorite place to get a glass of wine here in Asheville, Micah? Uh, you know what? I am a huge fan of burnt shirt. What's that? Where's that? Oh, what? I'm a huge fan of what now? Burnt shirt? Burnt shirt. Burnt shirt. Never heard of it. Stuart! Stuart Helm! How dare you, sir? Middle name is Asa if you want to really yell at <laughs> uh, Burnt shirt is a vineyard in uh, in Hendersonville, but not like deep Hendersonville. It's pretty much in the middle of Asheville and Hendersonville. Okay. Um, and it's a small vineyard kind of in the middle of the no in the middle of nowhere that honestly, you know, I would say has some of the best North Carolina wine that I've tasted and some of their wines even stand up to California standards. Dang. Yeah, no, it's and it's a cool spot and they have like a little food truck there uh that they they pump out their own food and it's just it's a beautiful place to go have a glass of wine and uh and and some grub. Yeah, Burnt Shirt Vineyards. That is that is my favorite place, I would wow, say. What a great recommendation. Um Michael, we only have 2 minutes left. I just want to quickly ask you, have you been to the new Botanist and Barrel down on Broadway Street downtown yet? Oh my God, why do I feel like I have? But no, I don't think I have. Um, no, they, I, I'm gonna say no. Okay, no is the answer he's giving. Yes. And, um, they, oh wait, did you just say yes? No, you're sticking no. with no. Okay. I'm sticking with no. Okay. Um, my final answer. They are a cidery. They make apple cider. And they have a special shtick where they are an all natural cidery. They don't add any sugars or sulfates or anything. Okay. We don't take anything out. We don't put anything in. And their ciders are very unique. Of course, I haven't tried them because I don't drink anything. Um, but I have been bringing my tours in there. And they give us two different kinds of their cider. One they say is dry. And the other one they say is kind of spicy for fall. And uh, not that they've added spices to it, but that just has its own natural fall flavors. Um, and it's been a big hit with my tours. And, you know, cider is not always a big hit with everybody. Um, so I recommend it. It comes in wine bottles and the people there describe it as being very much like natural wines. It has a wine-like flavor and stuff like that. So I'm kind Is it of, carbonated? Sometimes it can have some natural carbonation, but they also serve it sometimes in um, a Perron, which is a special carafe that when you pour it is like a very thin stream when it comes out. So it carbonates itself a little bit, like it not carbonates, but it gets a little aerated when you pour it in the cup and stuff just to give it oh. a little more life. 
Um, and so I recommend people check it out. Like I can't, I literally can't recommend which wines or ciders to get because I haven't tried any of them. But the space is super cute. The people are really nice and they've got a little bit of food. That's definitely good. My, my tour got served some vegan cheese yesterday, vegan okay, cheese and crackers and bread. And they, one of them was like, I had no vegans on my tour, none. And one of them was like, do you guys sell this cheese? And they bought some of the cheese right then and there. Wow. So, All right. And the cheese is, uh, it's called Darn or Don, D-A-A-N or something like that, or D-A-A-R, Dare. That's what it is. It's Dare, D-A-R, and the A has like a line over it. So, yeah. Very so, cool. I don't know. That, I you know what, that, that actually, that reminds me. Next time we do this, ask me about a North Carolina cheese that we discovered, sorry, Sonia discovered in uh, Sugar Mountain. Okay. All right. I will ask you about that if I remember. Yeah, whatever. I'll um, try. <laughs> like, uh, I love that Sonia is like our tertiary, uh, like, guest. She's a character that's just like in the background. She's like Columbo's wife. Actually, what, what? Sonia, bottom is some barrel. We got to go this weekend. Okay. She said yes. She said yes. Then it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, thanks for joining me at five in the morning to do a little segment. Tell us about your trip to Winston-Salem. Just to reiterate, Black Mountain Chocolate Factory, um, yep. the, the Gray Grayland Estate, Grayland Estate, and uh, Foothills Brewing. Decent <laughs> stuff. Ch Childress Vineyard. Go for the food. Go for the food. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, All right, Micah. Thank you for being here again, and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks, too. Bye. Bye.